Welcome to this teaching by Pastor Shola Adio. Once again, I want to welcome you again um, to our seminar today, Hope, uh, the Blueprint of Faith. And you already know that this is going to be split into three sessions. The first session will be what hope is and how God operated in it. We'll make an attempt to define what hope is in the Bible context and to also see how God operated in hope. And then the second session will be about looking at Bible examples, Bible characters of people who operated in hope. And in the second session as well, we'll make an attempt to distinguish between what I call natural hope and supernatural hope. Hallelujah. So when you hear a statement like, I don't have hope anymore, you know what it means exactly. Right? And then in the third session, we're going to focus on how we can develop supernatural hope because that is where we are heading for how we can operate in supernatural hope so as we go on i'll define and distinguish for you a difference between natural hope and supernatural hope hallelujah so we're going to start now what hope is and how god operated in it now the first thing i want to do here is to lay a foundation and to also let you know that the world that we operate in today is governed by laws now within the world today you have the physical realm where things are governed by natural laws and you also have the spirit realm where things are governed by spiritual laws hallelujah so we uh, we need to understand that the world we live in today is governed by laws and if you really want to profit and benefit from the world that you live in today you cannot afford to be ignorant of the laws that regulate the world that you live in as we grow up as human beings one of the things we come to acknowledge or we come to accommodate in our minds is the knowledge of how things operate naturally hallelujah one of the first few things you will discover without having going having gone to school to learn physics is the law of gravity hallelujah maybe when you are two and you sit here and you try to jump down you don't have a clue what's going to happen but by the time you do it twice and one hand lands this way and one leg lands the other way the third time as a child no one is going to tell you that don't jump you know for yourself that boy if i jump i'm coming to the ground hallelujah so through that process of self-discovery you have discovered a law called the law of gravity 
So all our lives we are coming across certain laws, how things operate. And what we then do is to line ourselves up on the favorable side of those laws so that we can live profitably on the earth. But you see, as believers, we not only need to familiarize ourselves with natural laws, but we also need to be aware of spiritual laws. Because for you to operate correctly as a Christian, you must know what is going on in the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. So I will attempt to lay this foundation for us. So as we go on, you will now have a clear picture in your mind when we are talking about hope. Is it the one that comes from natural sources or is it the one that comes from God? The first thing I want to tell you about the spirit realm is that the spirit realm is not a created realm. I'll explain what that means. No one knows God's birthday. And this is the reason why we don't know his birthday. This is the only one who doesn't celebrate birthday. You understand? You know, if I forget your birthday, it's wahala. If you, if you forget my amadu like this, ah. But God has no hang up about that because he has no birthday to celebrate. Do you know why? He was never created. Hallelujah. God was never created. So he has no birthday. You heard the song we we're singing in worship that ancient of days, as old as you are. We can't even compare him with anyone else. <coughs> Hallelujah. So the realm of the spirit is not a created realm. And so if you want to find out when the realm of the spirit began to exist, you need to find out when God began to exist. And if we don't know when God began to exist, then we cannot know when the realm of the spirit began to exist. But the realm of the physical began to exist on one particular day. The day God created the earth. Heaven and the earth. But the realm of the spirit is as old as God. Hallelujah. The realm of the spirit is a very real realm. Even though you cannot contact it with your physical senses. You can't smell it, you can't touch it, you can't taste it, you can't hear it, you can't see it, but it is real. It is tangible. It is powerful. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says that, that our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, seen means touch, feel, taste, but at the things which are not seen. So those things that we cannot see are the things of the Spirit. He said, for the things which we can see are temporary. 
So anything you can see, touch, feel, taste is temporary. It can decay. It can change. It has a lifetime. It has an expiry date. Hallelujah. But the things which we cannot see, the Bible says they are eternal. That they last forever. Hallelujah. So you see that the spirit realm is more real than the physical realm. The the physical realm can decompose. In fact, the earth we are standing on today is going to be wiped out one day. (coughs) Everything that was created can go. But the realm of the spirit remains the same. It doesn't go. And both of them, they run concurrently and they affect each other. So what you do in the physical realm can affect what happens in the spirit realm. And what you do in the spirit realm can affect what happens in the physical realm. Eve disobeyed God. How did she disobey God and Adam? They ate a physical fruit. It wasn't a spirit fruit. It was physical. But it affected the spirit realm. So they run concurrently and they collide with each other time and again. Hallelujah. And the physical realm was created out of the spirit realm. So everything you see today had its root somehow in the realm of the spirit. Nothing you see today came out of nothing. So there is no such thing that, oh, that thing just came out of nothing. No, it came out of something, but it came out of something you cannot see. You can't say that something came out of nothing. You are half correct in that it it did not come out of anything physical that we can see. But you are not fully correct because it came out of something. But that something is what you cannot see, feel, taste, or touch. So there is no such thing that, uh, oh yes, I succeeded out of nothing. No, you succeeded out of something. But that something, we cannot see it, we cannot touch it, we cannot feel it, we cannot taste it. But it is real. Hallelujah. And the spirit realm also is a timeless zone. In the spirit realm, they have no respect for time. When I say no respect for time, if God says to an angel, get to my son in Australia, chink, he's already there. Because that angel is not affected by time. They have no concept of time and distance. Hallelujah. That's the reason why we can sit here and pray about someone in Nigeria and the power of God will get to that person in Nigeria. Because in the natural realm, we are helpless. We cannot contact this person. But in the spirit realm, we have resources. We can contact that person in prayer. We can contact that person in the word of God. So the spirit realm is a timeless zone. 
they are not restricted by time in the spirit realm so I just want to uh, make that known to us the other thing again I mentioned earlier is that the spirit realm is an orderly realm and it is governed by laws the laws don't respect persons or ignorance and they walk with or without your knowledge remember I explained that to you that even with the ignorance of a baby the baby sits here and just sleeps off what's going to happen to the baby is coming down that's the law of gravity same thing too with the realm of the spirit it works with or without your knowledge hallelujah and also in the spirit realm only spirits can participate there just like in the natural realm only people with physical bodies can participate here how do i know angel michael doesn't have a passport do you know that because he's a spirit being you understand for you to have a passport we have to take your passport photograph and you have to be mr joe somebody you understand so you are represented in the physical realm your physical body gives you the right to participate in the physical realm same thing also your spirit gives you the right to participate in the spirit realm who are the active participants in the realm of the spirit I'll tell you who they are. The Bible says that God is a spirit. And they that must worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God is a valid participant in the realm of the spirit. In fact, he owns the realm of the spirit. The realm of the spirit is as old as him. Everyone else in the realm of the spirit was created by God. Hallelujah. Who else can participate in the realm of the spirit? The angels of God. The Bible describes them as spirits. Hallelujah. Even though time to time they can manifest also in the physical realm on a temporary basis. That explains why with your eyes wide open You can actually see an angel Swing into the room And you can see an angel With your physical eyes In the Old Testament days it was, They were not Okay maybe they could have seen an angel in a dream But physically, physical eyes They saw the angels So angels also They are spirits Even though they can break into the physical realm if their assignment requires it hallelujah demons too they are also spirits hallelujah they operate in the realm of the spirit so that's the third category of spirits i've told you god angels demons the fourth category of spirit human beings hallelujah 
you can operate in the physical realm because you have a body and also you can operate in the spirit realm because you are a spirit and you came from God hallelujah now where are we going God is a spirit and he has a way of doing his own things he walks by laws he is very orderly and when we were going to come under the auspices of Adam he said let us make man in our own image and after our own likeness so what it meant was that he was going to deposit in man the same authority the same dominion that he had into man for man to exercise it on the earth hallelujah so it is very interesting now because if we can see how god lives his own life we can get a cue from that as to how we should live our own lives because the original intention was that we were made in the image of god and after his own likeness so if he lived in a particular way if he dominated in a particular way we too can dominate in that same way hallelujah that's the foundation i want to lay uh, with you about the realm of the spirit so we are spirit beings and we are also physical beings hallelujah let me tell you a bunch of beings that cannot operate in the realm of the spirit animals cannot function in the realm of the spirit they don't have spirits they only have souls and bodies at best but they are not valid participants in the realm of the spirit hallelujah plants also cannot function in the realm of the spirit when i say plants the physical plants that you see hallelujah because they are not spirits but man was created in the class of god to function like god so if we see how god functions then we will know how we ourselves are supposed to function but first thessalonians 5 23 says and the very god of peace sanctify you wholly and i pray god your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our lord jesus christ so as a human being you function in three realms you function in the spirit realm you function in the mental realm and you function in the physical realm hallelujah so with your spirit you contact god that's why the bible says that they that must worship god must worship him in spirit and in truth with your soul you contact the mental realm and with your body you contact the physical realm hallelujah now let's go to the actual definition of hope and before we give that definition we we'll want to read from the scriptures hebrews chapter 11 hebrews chapter 11 i'll read from verse 1 hebrews 11 verse 1 
Hebrews 11 verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the walls were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made out of things which do appear. Hallelujah. There's so much loaded into that passage. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. What the Bible is saying there is that your faith and your hope, they work together. And that your faith has been called to give substance to what you are hoping for. So if you are not hoping for something, your faith cannot possibly have a target. Hallelujah. Your hope is like a picture of your expectation. Your hope is like something inside your mind that you want to achieve or that you want to own or that you want to possess. And what your faith has come is to make it happen and to make it real. Hallelujah. So faith and hope, they are twin forces. You can't discuss one without the other. Hallelujah. I was walking through, I was walking past a construction site in the city a few weeks ago and I saw something interesting. Now, they've been working on this site for the last four, five, six months, but guess what? There is still not a building on that construction site after six months of working. So, what are they doing there? That is taking this long and we have not yet seen a building what they were doing there was that they were digging a foundation and excavating rubble out of the place one day i was walking past and they opened the gate for some trucks to go in when i looked in there it was like another town underground that's the depth to which they have dug the place you can't imagine it that's i was looking at the trucks down there and yet we don't have a building hallelujah now the question is this the building that they are putting up there i don't know what it looks like i have never seen that building i don't know what that building looks like it is only when they put that building up that can tell you what that building looks like. But excuse me, someone on that construction site must have a piece of paper that has a picture of that building that they are trying to put on that place. Hallelujah. Hope is the drawing plan that they are working with faith 
is the substance and the shape and the physical form that they are giving to that drawing plan. Without that drawing plan, how will they know how far they should dig into the ground before they start building? Part of the drawing plan is that from this level, you are going to dig up to a certain point before you stop. And then fill the place with concrete and then start building up. If not only concrete, they are going to sink beams into the place. Hallelujah. All those pieces of information are on the plan. So, what faith is doing is bringing to pass the picture that someone had in his mind at the beginning. Someone conceived the picture of a building and put it down on paper. Agreed it with another bunch of people before the first piece of equipment was moved to that site. Do you understand? So your hope is your picture. Your faith is the substance. Now this piece of equipment here is made of, this part here is made of aluminium. Right? Aluminium in its raw form is of no use to anyone. When you look at it, it's shapeless, it's formless, it doesn't look useful to you. But someone had a picture that I can beat up this aluminium into this shape. So someone already drew this shape on paper before they started beating the aluminium into this. Did you see that? So faith being the substance of things hoped for means that your hope is already defined. Your hope is already on the inside of you. And what your faith is doing is bringing it to pass. This table here is uh, made mostly of metal. But if I just brought in some metal deposits from the earth and threw them here without a plan, how are we going to come across the table? Someone conceived the picture of a table and then used the raw material of this metal to construct that table. And that is exactly how God operates. And we're going to see that from the scriptures before we go. Then let us... I'm going to read to you Hebrews 11, 1 to 3 again, but this time from a different translation. Uh, Hebrews 11.3 actually. The Amplified says, By faith we understand that the walls during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. So that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. So you see, the raw material that God operated with, mostly, were things that were not visible. Things you could not perceive with your natural senses. Hallelujah. 
Message translation says, By faith we see the world called into existence by God's word. What we see created by what we don't see. Did you see that? So if you want to move in the creative realm, you have to be in touch with what we don't see. Because what we don't see is what creates what we see. Even in the natural, the guy who thought of something, he just thought of it and we still cannot see it. And then he drew it and then he began to put things together to make up what he saw in his mind. Hallelujah. So what we see today has its root in every shape or form in something that we did not see. And that is where your hope is. Your hope is a picture of your expectation. A picture of what you are expecting. But how is that relevant to us and how does that help us? We'll get to see as we go on. I want to say to you, after defining hope as a picture of your expectation, is that we live by pictures and not by words. And I'll prove that to you. I want to have a quiz here. I'll pick one person for that quiz. Let me pick Patrick. I'm going to ask you a question, and you have two seconds to answer that question. Just two seconds. Now, if you don't answer it in two seconds, I will ask you the same question again, but I'll give you 30 seconds to answer it. So, are you ready? How many windows do you have in your house? You didn't get it. Two seconds. How many windows do you have in your house? Take as much time as you like now. As much time. We'll wait for you. 15? No, give us the exact number of windows that you have in your house. got the number you have 10 windows okay good i saw julie to counting <laughs> so tell us you have six now let me tell you what happened here i'll tell you what happened the first time i asked him that question he could not give me the answer in two seconds because he did not expect that question he did not have the answer crammed in his head to just give it to me. When I asked him a second time, you know what he did? He left this place and traveled back home and went through each room in his mind and started counting the windows. One, two, three, four. That's inside your mind. You have a picture of where every room is. You have a picture of where the window is. 
Do you understand? So you were now counting it. So that's why it took your time. If you only moved to that house yesterday, you won't even be able to tell me the number of windows. Because you've not interacted with that house long enough. So what does that tell you now? We think in pictures. We don't think in words. You cannot tell me the words in two seconds. But in a lot more time, you put the picture of your house back together inside your mind. And then you were able to arrive at the number of windows you have in your house. Did you see that? So you see that you live by pictures, not by words. So your memory is made up of pictures stored in your mind. That's your memory is made up of pictures stored in your mind. When I'm juggling with your memory, you know when you meet an old friend, you say, oh, I remember those olden days. What do you remember? All of you now begin to trade pictures with yourself. Remember when we went to that place and we bought bread and, you know, akara and we're eating. Now, it's not like you can see the bread as you speak, but you have those pictures inside your mind and you are coming forth with those pictures. Hallelujah. And when I say something to you, I am not speaking words to you, just words. I am transferring pictures to you. When I say dog, you don't see the letters D-O-G, but you see an image of a four-footed animal. Now, that picture is still not clear enough. If I say black dog, then you know what black is. Because with the word black, your mind processes it and you now have a mental image of what a black dog can look like. Then if I say small black dog, then inside your mind you have an image of the size of the dog that I'm talking about. So big black dog. Those are merely words that I'm using in transferring pictures into your mind. Hallelujah. So you think by pictures and not by words. Words are simply inner image transferring devices. That's why we go to school. So we can learn the right use of words so that we can learn to communicate pictures to ourselves effectively. Hallelujah. So you live your life by pictures, not just by words. When you meditate, you are rolling pictures over in your mind until those pictures become very real to you. That's all you're doing. You live your life by pictures. Hallelujah. Everything is by picture. Your thought life is in pictures. If I tell you about something that is not here at the moment, you are, you are seeing a picture of it. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So your mind is a storehouse of pictures. Your memory is like a bank where you store pictures. And what faith does is to give you substance and give you tangibility. And this is how God works. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1. We'll read verses 1 to 3 to see how God works. And remember I told you that we're made in the image of God and after his own likeness. So if we see how God works, it means that that is how we are also supposed to walk. Genesis 1 verses 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Let me explain that to you very quickly. He says, in the beginning, that's the beginning of time, the world, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, the word and there in the second verse is a link between what happened in the beginning and what we read next. And if you read other places in the Bible, especially your, in the book of Isaiah chapter 14, I think uh, maybe chapter 12 as well, there were some events that took place between the time God created the heaven and the earth and this time that is being reported. And that time was when Lucifer led a rebellion against God in the spirit realm. And he got thrown out of God's presence, right? So Lucifer had begun to exist at that time. And the Bible says that the earth was without form and void. It means that for, without form means it was shapeless. You look at it, you can't make any meaning out of it. It was shapeless. It was meaningless. And then the Bible says that darkness was upon the face of the deep. So you couldn't even see through anything to distinguish anything on the earth. And then the Bible goes on to say, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The word move there means hovered upon the face of the waters. Hover there means, you know, brood. The Spirit of God was brooding. That's, now you have a chaotic situation. You have a situation that is messy. You have a situation that is hopeless and formless. And the Bible says the first thing God began to do was to brood over it. He sat over it, was thinking about it. He was meditating about it. That what am I going to do here? He was brooding on it, searching inside himself for an answer. And when a certain time came, the Bible said, And God said... Let there be light, and there was light. Did you see that? It was in the process of brooding that God had a picture of what he wanted. He wanted light, and then he spoke light. Many times we rush to pray without knowing exactly what we want out of that situation. Many times when people came across Jesus for a miracle, what would Jesus do? Jesus will ask even the blind man, obviously blind man, 
that what exactly do you want me to do for you? You understand? Because God will not violate the law of what you see. God saw something inside his heart and then he spoke, let there be light and there was light. In a nutshell, that is how God works. God never set about something without a picture of what he wants. As soon as Adam and Eve messed up in the Garden of Eden, what did God do? God began to prophesy. God said, look, someone is coming. The seed of the woman is going to come. And the seed of the woman is going to bruise the head of the serpent. And the serpent will bruise the heel of the seed of the woman. Right? Now, God spoke it. He got that picture and he spoke it right there and there. But it took thousands of years for Jesus to come. Did you see that? He patiently kept his hope and kept declaring what he had in his hope until it eventually happened. God never does anything without having seen it and conceived it. And many times in the Old Testament when he conceived things, he said, shall I think of a thing and not tell my prophet? That will I want to do something and not tell my prophet about it? Telling my prophet about it means I already know what I want to do. I already have a picture. I have an image of where I am going and what I want to do. Hallelujah. And that is how God works. That's why the Bible says that the things which do appear were not made out of things that were seen. So it means that when God wants to manufacture things, he already sees an unseen thing. And then his faith brings that unseen thing into manifestation. So how do we walk in the footsteps of God? We have a picture of health. We have a picture of abundance. We have a picture of deliverance. And then we begin to say it. Knowing that it's going to happen. Because when God said, let there be light. The Bible says, and there was light. Did you see that? That is how God works. That is how he does his things. That is how he operates. He has a picture and he goes on to do it. He has a picture and he goes on to say it. Hallelujah. Hope and faith, they are together. Hope is the picture of your expectation. It's the picture that God is expecting. God has a picture and the way he brings that picture to pass is to say it. But when he says something, it is being said out of a picture. He's not just saying something haphazardly. He's not going to say today that Jesus is coming and then tomorrow he'll say Jesus is no longer coming. No. He's, he has that picture. That picture is clear. Jesus, my son, is coming. And he begins to say it. Hallelujah. And that is how God works. So at this point, I want to um, close the first session and we'll take uh, like a 15 minute break and then we'll come in for the second session. The first session has been about how God operates, how God does his business and about defining what hope is. 
which is a picture of your expectation and we've also seen that you actually don't think in words but you think in pictures and that words are only vehicles through which we transfer images to ourselves hallelujah and that your faith is only working to produce the image that you have on the inside of you and also any project that is meaningful is being done out of a picture that someone has already drawn hallelujah and we'll take a break here and we're coming for the second session soon uh, about 11 30. For more copies of this teaching and other titles by Pastor Shola Adio, please call 0782-544-7990. You can also send an email to info at pastorshola.org.uk or visit the website at www.pastorshola.org.uk.